One year to the Tokyo Paralympics. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. We're coming to you as the one-year countdown to the 2020 Tokyo Paralympics is being celebrated. Events in the Japanese capital city include the unveiling of the medals for the Paralympics. Already in the past week, sales of tickets have been launched for the Paralympics. And athletes, Paralympians from around the world, are in Tokyo to help publicize this one-year-to-go mark. Meanwhile, in Lima, Peru, the Parapan Games are underway. The Games for the Elite Paralympic Athletes of the Americas run from August 23rd to September 1. Joining us on the phone is one of our regular guests on Around the Rings Radio, International Paralympic Committee President Andrew Parsons. Hello, Andrew. Welcome to the program. It's always a pleasure, Ed, and it's always good to talk to your audience about the most recent news about the Paralympic world. Well, first, let's uh, let's start in Tokyo here. Uh, lots of attention to the one year to go. Uh, what's your overall feeling about preparations for the Games now? Well, the preparations are going, going really well. Uh, it's been a pleasure to work with Tokyo 2020, the national government, the Tokyo Metropolitan Government. Uh, I think they are giving the same level of, let's say, attention and importance for both the Olympics and the Paralympics since the early phases of preparations. Uh, we don't have major concerns on the venues or the village. Of course, we are monitoring closely with Tokyo the um, accessibility provisions in all the venues, including the village. But they are on schedule. We don't see major uh, concerns in the horizon. So. We are now focusing on the ticket sales, the promotion, and and this uh, the in, in attracting more and more the attention on the Japanese uh, society and and media. Well, what are you expecting in the way of publicity and promotion in Tokyo uh, for the Paralympics? Uh, will, will 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 the event need a lot of boosting, a lot of promotion? Do you feel? Well, I think we are. We have a very good foundation already in Tokyo because of the, the promotion that uh, the different broadcasters there, the Tokyo 2020, and the, the different levels of government, uh, they are uh, doing on, on about the Paralympic Games and the Paralympic athletes. We have uh, research that that hasn't shown an interesting fact that in the when it comes to the awareness and of an interest in the Paralympics. Uh, in Tokyo one, one year ago to, to, the, to the Games. Uh, the, the awareness is much higher than it, it was at this same stage in, in the UK uh, one year prior to the London Games. And then we all know that London was fantastic transformation for the Games. So uh, they have, there is a strong foundation. The Japanese society already knows some of their Paralympic athletes. Uh, the commercial partners are using them uh, in their campaigns and activations. So we see a good momentum, and with the ticket sales and, and again, the educational campaigns, promotional campaigns, we believe that we will have full stadium, which is something that we had, <clears throat> I'm sorry, in the last three Paralympic um, Summer Games editions, and for sure that's what we will have in Tokyo. So uh, we do not expect, let's say, in like it was in, in, in Rio or in Pyeongchang, this uh, last minute ticket sales to pick up. Uh, we believe that we will have a more stable, uh, uh, let's say, wave of selling when, uh, from now until the, the start of the games. And 
the schedule of the Paralympic Games in Tokyo it was released um, just a few days ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Tokyo organizers say it's designed to encourage family attendance. There's just a, a few events that might end in the uh, uh, later part of the of the evening. Um, what is uh, what's your impressions of how the event schedule will work? Yeah, I think I think uh, this is based on, on what we want from these games, and we want to leave uh, uh, the, the kind of legacy that we want to leave in Tokyo or and in Japan is is about changing the perception of the Japanese society towards uh, persons with disabilities. So that's why it's so fundamental to have families, to have kids, to have youngsters, because uh, we know that when someone comes to the to a Paralympic event, there is a a transformation from, from their experience uh, with the Paralympic athletes' performances. And when we have the kids and when you have uh, you know, young, the youngsters, you have the next generation of the decision makers of that country or experiencing the, at a very early stage uh, of being exposed to, to, to Paralympic athletes. And of course, they, then they have this uh, change in the way they see persons with disability because they focus on you know, the amazing feats of the Paralympic athletes and the things that they can do. Uh, some, most of the times people are surprised with what Paralympic athletes can do. And they don't focus on what they cannot do. And in, in Japan, there is a, a culture of, of overprotection of persons with disability. And what we want to show them with the athletes, with the, the Paralympians, is that they don't need this overprotection. What they need is opportunity that they can excel as the athletes excel on the field of play. Persons with disability in Japan, they can excel in every you know, every field, in every kind of activity that they want to, uh, 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 that they want to get involved with, it's in the, if it's in the, let's say, in the workplace, uh, if it's in the personal line, a person with disability can can be a father, a mother, a, a friend, can you know, can be a citizen, can do anything that anyone else can do. So, and but we we are let's say planning this promotion. Uh, focusing on the athletes and in the success around the games, we also uh, have educational programs being delivered at the Japanese elementary schools. And when the games come, we believe that these will act as a catalyst. So uh, the, the the competition schedule is one element of this whole uh, strategy, focusing on the legacy that we want from the games, because we want families that. Uh, we're talking with Andrew Parsons, president of the International Paralympic Committee, on this edition of Around the Rings Radio. Uh, this summer, there's been particular concern raised about heat in Tokyo as it affects the Olympic Games. Um, is this a concern to the IPC, given that this event is a uh, a little bit later in the in the in the summer? Not much later. I'm, I'm I don't think it gets too much cooler by the time of the uh, Paralympics. But what about heat concerns for the uh, Paralympics? Of course, we are we are concerned about the heat. Um, even though the the Paralympic Games start in the 25th of August, so uh, when traditionally it is uh, cooler and less humid than the than the you know than the Olympic Games period, but you know we are now uh, exactly one one year to go to the event, and the temperature is very high, and the humidity is very high in Tokyo. So. We have been working with uh, in a working group with with the uh, 2020 with the IOC. So we still have to assess all the data from the test events uh, now this summer. Uh, of course, we already have some protocols in place, and and uh, we welcome all the 
the the measures and all the that Tokyo has announced that they want to implement to to minimize the impact of the heat in in all those competing or even attending or working at the Tokyo 2020 Games. But uh, you know we will have uh, protocols in place if something extraordinary happens when it comes to heat. We will be able to react. We are the well-being of the athletes is of course number one priority for the IPC. Uh, so, for example, we have agreed with Tokyo 2020 in in the early start in the pushing the 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 start of the Paralympic marathon to 6:30 instead of 7. So we this is something that the competition schedule also allows that we have some flexibility. Uh, so if we have to again. We do not expect that we need to change, uh, uh, you know, to work around the competition schedule and changing sessions or, or moving the start of competitions. But if if we need to do so, we have the flexibility with with the competition schedule that was announced. Uh, and of course, we have all this um, data that is being gathered now during the test events. You know, the, we have many uh, test events, and we will assess them together with the IOC Tokyo 2020. So that we can develop, let's say, our plan Bs or plan Cs in case something extraordinary happens at the games. Uh, in, we had, for example, in Rio 2016, the marathon was the, the temperature was really high, but we don't have uh, it was not as humid as we expect to be in, in Tokyo by the time of the Paralympic Games. So we it's either concern. It's not something that uh, that is let's say. Uh, it's something that, that we can avoid, of course, but it's something that we are planning to be prepared for if we have to take any, any, any react very quickly. So we are we will prepare for that if the the something happens out of what we are expecting. Bring us up to date on the situation with Russia and the Paralympics. Uh, Russian athletes were barred from the Paralympics in 2016 in Rio. What is the situation now for for Tokyo and Russian Paralympians? Yeah, they will compete uh, as, as as Russia, not uh, as uh, neutral Paralympic athletes like it was the case in, in Pyeongchang. Uh, but we have so we have uh, provisionally lifted the suspension of the Russian Paralympic Committee. So, but we have um, uh, we have. We impose we are imposing conditions for that, and one of them is a very robust testing program. Uh, it's a specific sport by sport because in some some sports such as powerlifting, you have uh, more cases of, of positive uh, results than in some other sports, for example. So it's it's for specific the criteria that we have um, that we have enforced on on the Russian Paralympic Committee and. Uh, again, and they have updated all the policies and regulations. So we have been working with them since uh, since the end of the Rio Paralympic Games. So after two years and a half, three years, uh, we announced the, uh, earlier this year that they they were going to participate in Tokyo. Uh, but we will still be closely monitoring them until the end of 2022. So it will be a six-year process. Uh, we took the hardest stance, I would say, in sport movement in the league to Rio. But we believe that now it's time to allow them to come back, say, to the family. Uh, but of course, under some some conditions and very 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 uh, heavy scrutiny when it comes to to testing and when it comes to 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 
let's say, to the presence of their athletes in IPC sanctioned competitions. So we believe that they are ready now and they are as clean as any other country. Uh, of course, uh, that unfortunately, we might see some positive cases coming from Russia, but in the same way we are seeing cases, kind of positive cases coming from other nations, which is important, but, you know, it's what we have to do uh, in the sport movement. We don't believe that in the, in the future we will see an institutional doping scheme as it was the case a few years ago. And are there any other countries, uh, national Paralympic committees, that are subject to sanction right now that might be questionable for showing up in Tokyo? No, no, we don't. We, of course, have... Uh, this is something that we, we we look very closely and we have countries that have had uh, uh, some some positive cases uh, recently uh, but again this isn't this has nothing to do with uh, with an institutional systematic uh, uh, scheme that was the case uh, in Russia in the in the during such period in the lead up to such in the lead up to Rio so uh, we don't we don't we don't believe that we're going to see anything like that again. But one thing that we have reserved the right to do as a governing board of the APC, and in the specific case of Russia, is to suspend them again if something similar happens in the future. We don't believe that we will have to activate that clause, but it's something that we, uh, we will enforce in case it's necessary. You will have a refugee team at the Tokyo 2020 Paralympics. Exactly. Where will those uh, Paralympians come from? How big of a team are you expecting to be able to be formed? Well, we don't we don't expect a big team. We expect to have a few more athletes uh, compared to Rio. So we are probably talking about something between four and eight athletes uh, from from different sports. We have just approved that uh, the policy in our most recent uh, governing board meeting in Rome. Uh, and now we are working with the international federations to, to identify the, the refugee athletes uh, that might be eligible to, to be part of the Paralympic uh, uh, refugee team. In Rio, we had only athletes that were coming from sports where the IPC is the international federation, but you know, now, right now we are working with the different IAS if they have uh, identified already uh, athletes who are refugees. We have a criteria. Uh, for that, uh, so they had to be to have officially the status of refugees. Uh, so we are trying to identify to see who can make part of that team. But we don't expect the team to be be that big. Uh, we need to because it's not only about bringing the athletes to the game. That is a, a considerable investment that needs to be made in coaching and uh, in, in the qualification and in, in many different aspects in bringing these athletes to the game. It's not just to pay the ticket, bring them and let them compete. So uh, we prefer to have a, a smaller team, but to invest uh, in, uh, in our, and offer the good structure and good services to the athletes that will be part of that team. And are there talks underway about a, 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 a unified team, at least for the ceremony between South Korea and North Korea? Uh, we we have uh, a few months ago we have opened let's say the door for the national Paralympic committees of South and North Korea to to debate that if they if they wanted to so we opened the opportunity to discuss that in our headquarters in Bonn but uh, we have had no request from South and North Koreans so for that joint team uh, or a joint march 
So, you know, right now is not something that we are considering. We don't believe that the IPC should be the one uh, forcing that situation or imposing anything like that. It has to come from from the two nations. And so far, they didn't express that intent, even though we have opened the doors. So, at the moment, we don't have plans to have a joint uh, Korean team. Sailing is renewing its efforts to uh, rejoin the Paralympic sports program. They were in Rio, but uh, did not make it for um, uh, Tokyo and not included in in Paris 2024. Uh, I guess you're aware of their efforts. Um, How will it proceed as far as uh, evaluating sailing and, and, and other sports for addition to the Paralympic program, which is, I guess, for... 2028. Yes, 2028 in LA. Uh, we are making a few, we want to make a few changes in the way we select the, the sports to our program to be more targeted, uh, change a little bit the process that we have been using for the last editions of the games, including Paris 2024. Uh, we, we have a Paralympic Games committee that is working in developing what we are calling a blueprint for the Paralympic Games program because of course we have to balance many different aspects like the different kinds of sports indoor outdoor power sports uh, accuracy sports or you know team versus individual uh, but in our case in the case of the paralympics we also have to balance the type of disability uh, you know amputee which are users cp visual impairment intellectual impairment uh, and 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 again sports let's say uh, you know sports in uh, indoor and in courts, but it's sports that are outdoors, it's road, road cycling, uh, rowing, um, canoe versus beach sports. You know, we're talking about the lake, between lake, for example. Uh, would it make sense to have a beach sport? Yes, no. So we are developing that blueprint through this committee that we have, uh, and it will be approved by our General Assembly. Uh, m- most probably next year, we'll have an extraordinary General Assembly um, to, to approve some possible constitutional changes in, uh, in the IPC, and then this is something that we are targeting also to have approved by the General Assembly. So we, we, we expect to have a different process, uh, and when it comes to sailing, we are aware of the efforts. I had a meeting uh, earlier this year with the President of World Sailing together with their CEO, so, uh, so that we could speak about the process, uh, where the process when in our opinion, they have failed to provide enough, uh, uh, let's say, to follow the criteria that we have established to inclusion of the games. And they were updating us in the efforts and their plans. So we, we have information. Uh, we will open the process again, a different one for uh, when it comes to summer for LA. Uh, we are nine years from the game, so we still have some time to go. Uh, but uh, yeah, we are aware, and not only sailing, but we have many international federations uh, that you know, who approach IPC on a regular basis and, and showing the efforts and the plans that they have to expand uh, their sport to bring it to the Paralympic Games level. There is a change, uh, Ed, which is important to note. I think in the past, we used to have sports that use the Paralympic Games to to to, uh, to strengthen themselves. So, like, you know, the presence in the Paralympic Games will attract more nations, more investment, more athletes. What we what we are doing since uh, the Tokyo program, when we took the decision and this was in 2014, is that we want sports 
that are ready to come to the games. So not that they need to grow because they are in the games. So and this is the case with Taekwondo and Para Taekwondo and Para Badminton. They were ready to 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 be part of the games when we took the decision uh, of inclusion in 2014. Uh, the World Championships were really well populated from uh, with many athletes from many nations from different parts of the world. Classification rules, anti doping rules, uh, financial stability, classification rules uh, uh, in compliance with our IPC classification code. So there are, uh, there is, we have some limitations according to our contract agreement with the IOC. We, we can only have up to 23 sports. We already have 22. So uh, and we want sports that are ready uh, to, and we don't have room to, let's say, improve. Or to to the the, the number of uh, the number of, of sports at the game, so we have to be very careful with the choices that remain in that regard. Uh, you're in Lima for the Parapans. It's uh, the 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 elite Paralympic sport event for the Americas. Eighteen hundred and fifty athletes, seventeen sports. I believe uh, the biggest ever. It's an event that you've been closely involved with for a number of years. Yes, uh, it's, it's, it's an event that actually it has started in 1999 in Mexico, but in Rio in 2007 was the first time that it was organized back-to-back with the Pan Games, which is the, the let's say, the able body or, or the equivalent of the Olympic world. Uh, so, yes, I've been following since the beginning, but uh, so we started this trend and due to our agreement now with, uh, well, Pan Am Sports, uh, used to be Passon, but with Pan Am Sports is an obligation. So uh, we are now here in Lima uh, and the games are underway. Uh, but we know that in four years' time, we will have the Pan American Games also in Santiago uh, 2023. And this is fundamental to give to the athletes of, uh, of the Americas uh, a pathway and more competition and qualification opportunities for the private games. This is something that we uh, that we uh, normally reinforce when it comes to the Pan American Games program. We don't have all the sports that are part of the Paralympic Games sport program, but the sports that are on the Pan American Games, they need to be uh, qualifying. Uh, the Parapanams need to be a part of the qualification process for the next edition of the Paralympic Games. So creating this pathway um, and we also have that in Asia with the Asian Paragames. And in January now, in 2020, we will have the first time of African Paragames, which we are, we are super excited about um, because of it, in the same way as it happened in the Americas, it will be organized for the first time, not exactly back to, to back because the all African games uh, 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 are being organized now in, in August, uh, but and the Parag African game will be only in January, but it's the same organizing committee, same city, uh, most of the same venues. So it's a model that we believe is it's very important for the development of Parasport around the world. Uh, and Lima has been fantastic. They have very successful Panam games, uh, and so far very successful Parapan American games. So I'm really happy to be here. And how are the preparations? How how was it for difficult? Was it difficult for Lima? To prepare and, and get ready for the parapans. Yes, they had many challenges uh, as an organizing committee, but also uh, as a nation. You know, they have uh, 
uh, issues with the former president of the country, who was the president of the country in the beginning of the preparations. Uh, but now, uh, I think this year, uh, well, last year, last 12 months, they have really speed up the, the, the uh, let's say, the pace of their preparations. And, you know, we all saw how, uh, you know, the quality of, of what they have delivered during the Pan Am Games. I was here for the opening and first two days of competitions of the Pan Am Games. We had very good feedback from the uh, National Olympic Committee attending the Games. And since, since we got here, it's been... Uh, uh, I would say the services to the athletes, the village, the venues, uh, the transport. Transport is an issue in Lima. Uh, the traffic here is really uh, heavy. So, but so far we have we have had no no major issues with with traffic. So it was really tough for them. So that's why we are recognizing their effort and applauding you know the results that they are uh, that they are showing here in terms of the delivery of the Parapan American Games. You're from Brazil, and of course, uh, Rio was a very important experience for you in 2016. Mm-hmm. How would you assess how Tokyo is developing different from from Rio in 2016? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a, it's a completely different environment. Uh, when Rio got the games in 2009, the country was on a rise. Uh, the economy, the let's say the political situation, a lot of support coming from the public sector and also from the private sector and uh, two years after that we were already in a very bad uh, economical situation and this of course has affected the delivery of the of, of the games in in Rio in in 2016 if if you remember the officially the president was uh, impeached in during the transition period between the Olympics and the Paralympics so uh, you know, it was a very tough environment. So, and we are not facing any anything like that. With uh, in Tokyo, the, let's say we have political stability in the country. It's a country that, from a financial point of view, is uh, extremely healthy. Uh, and so we are. I believe the environment is completely different. Uh, in Brazil, the Paralympic movement was already something. Uh, that the society was uh, already, they already, the Brazilian society already had a good level of awareness on Paralympic athletes, Paralympic sports, because the games have been broadcasted with good results since uh, Athens Games. And this is a little bit different from Japan when uh, the re- really the Paralympic women were, uh, started to be uh, of public interest after they got the games in 2013. So it's a big different situation. I think it's easier to deliver the games under the current circumstances because then we can rely on the organizing committee, the national government, and uh, in the Dr. Metropolitan government. Uh, but we have uh, some work to do when it comes to the promotion. But as I said before, I think we are in good shape when it comes to to what we have been uh, able to, to achieve in terms of promotion, uh, in terms of making Japanese athletes, para-athletes known by the Japanese population. So. Uh, it's it's a more stable uh, experience than now in Tokyo than it was with Rio. And Rio was really something very challenging, specifically for the specifically for the Paralympics. We all heard, uh, we all know that you know the, uh, we had uh, a crisis right right before the 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 start of the of the Olympics um, when some rumors that the Paralympic Games were not even taking place. Uh, that I think was never the case, but the level could have been 
much lower than what at the end was delivered. So I believe that now with Tokyo is a is a very different um, expectation. What we want to do is to is to maximize the reach of the Paralympic Games, is to maximize the legacy of the Paralympic Games, and the positive effect it might have, or it will probably have on Japanese society. And it's much easier to do that when you're not worried about who's running the government and where the money is going to come from. Exactly. That's uh, it's, it's it's a completely different experience. But I think the after we have faced what we have faced uh, in preparation for Rio, we can do anything. So I think if I have learned something from Rio is that, you know, no matter how dramatically the situation, you can always find solutions, you can always work really hard. And at the end of the day, as it happened in Rio, uh, after the opening ceremony, it's up to the athletes and and they deliver, the Paralympic athletes, they always deliver, they always put a spectacular show together and, and then it's, the magic happens when they are on the field of play. Well, good luck with the uh, next year ahead, getting ready for Tokyo, and uh, good luck in Lima, and we trust everything goes well with the Parapans over the next week. Thank you very much, Ed. It's always a pleasure, and hopefully we'll see, we'll continue to see great games here in Lima, and I have no doubt that we will have extraordinary, incredible games in Tokyo in, in, in one year time. It will be... Uh, I think it will bring the Paralympic Games to, to a completely new level. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I hope you'll be back many more times. Always count on me. On today's Around the Rings Radio, we've been talking with Andrew Parsons, President of the International Paralympic Committee. Thanks very much for joining us today on this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. For more than 25 years, your best source of news about the Olympics is AroundTheRings.com.